Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the series that we're doing called Naturally Supernatural. We're 13 weeks in. This series has gone on longer than I thought, and I think there's about three weeks after this one uh, of things that I want to cover. And uh, yeah, there is three weeks. Um, what we've been looking at primarily is that Jesus is our model for life and ministry. And that um, he calls us to do what he did, and we've been defining that as living naturally supernatural lives. And so we've, throughout this uh, series, we've been looking at, particularly at, at encounters that Jesus had in the book of John, and we've been uh, learning about, uh, uh, you know, to think like he thought, see like he saw, serve like he served, and love like he loved. And that we've said that those characteristics are what will help us to, to live naturally supernatural lives, to do what he did. We've also talked, and we'll continue to talk, about the fact that, that Jesus had three main resources available to him to live out this naturally supernatural life, and that was the Holy Spirit and prayer and the Word. And so we've been, we've been digging into that a little bit as well. And so what we've talked about so far is encounters that Jesus had with people like Nicodemus in John 3, and uh, I keep bringing it up, but, but see, different things require different movement in people's lives. Uh, Nicodemus was a religious leader, he was a political leader, but he was convinced that his own good works were enough in his relationship with God, and Jesus had to minister grace to him to, to let him know it wasn't enough, that, that he needed more. Uh, in the next chapter in John 4, Jesus encounters the, the Samaritan woman at the well. And she's totally different than Nicodemus because she knows she's a, senior, a sinner. And yet what Jesus does is to show her the value that she has in God, that God wants her to be a worshiper. And, and so he ministers grace to her in that fashion. We saw in John 5 his encounter with the invalid at the pool of Bethesda and how, how cool it was that Jesus saw him because he, he had been alone for a long time, no friends, no one to help him, and Jesus sees him, ministers healing to him, and then pursues him to let him know there's something even better, and that's relationship with God. Uh, we talked about the feeding of the 5,000 and how Jesus, um, with his disciples, was was teaching them to have a heart of compassion, to share um, what they had with people who, who needed what they had, in particular the food. And, you know, the, the back story was that the disciples had, had sort of figured out that they had enough fish and bread to feed, you know, the 12 of them and probably Jesus and the little kid whose food it was in the first place. But that, you know, the thousands of people needed to go and eat, and Jesus said, no, we're going to feed them too. And, and we watched all that unfold and saw the miracle there. In that place, we we went on in John eight, and we, we saw Jesus encounter with a woman caught in adultery, and we, we talked about the beauty of people's potential, seeing the beauty of people's potential, and then how that moves into John nine with the man born blind, and and how we need to walk in the light of grace that Jesus introduced into the world, to not be uh, critical and judgmental, but to love people and introduce them to uh, who He is and the love that He has for them, um, and then we moved into. Um, the Last Supper, and we took a couple of weeks. We, the first week we talked about how Jesus washed the disciples' feet and, and how he demonstrated that, that life is found in serving others. And then we, we moved into John, uh, the next chapter, uh, still at the Last Supper, and we talked about communion and all that it represents and how that was part of the Last Supper. And we, we talked about the feasts of Israel that have been fulfilled by Jesus and the ones we're waiting for. And we, we talked about the marriage analogy that's so important. And again, I, I don't usually say there's all of them. If you haven't watched 
after listening to that message, you need to. It's, it's the part nine of this series, something that, that everybody should know because it ties in communion and, and the feasts of Israel with what's happening now and with what's going to happen in the future. Uh, then we moved from there and we talked about um, being fruitful, that, uh, that God is the gardener in the vineyard and he wants fruitful disciples. And we talked about what it looks like to have that fruit, fruit developed in us by the Holy Spirit. Then we began to talk about um, uh, the resources available to us, and we, we spent a week talking about the, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, the, the cool thing is that, that um, we don't just talk about God, we get to actually experience Him. And that's what makes the church different from any other organization uh, that there is. We get to experience God in the Holy Spirit as He comes. And we talked about all that He does in us and through us. Um, last week we talked about prayer. And I said, you know, we're to be a people of prayer and faith, uh, not a people of fear and worry. And yet the culture is, is really trying to make us a people of fear and worry. And, and we have to fight against it. And that, that we do that in, by engaging in prayer, regular, ongoing prayer. We talked again about the model of the Lord's Prayer, and I said we needed to become radical prayers. And my hope is that, that you're, you're working on that, that every time you begin to feel worry or fear creep back into your life, that you, you move to prayer. And remember, I, I taught you again those, those two little prayers, the oh God, oh God, oh God prayer and the help prayer. And I said those are great prayers to get you started back on the right track so that you don't give in to fear and worry. It's always out there trying to get you. It's always just kind of, and, and we're not to be those people. We don't need to be. We've got God on our side. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We, we can go to God with everything that's happening in prayer and that, that these things are available to us. Well, today I want to talk about the third of those resources available to us in this naturally supernatural life. And I want to talk about the Word of God, uh, the Bible, and, and how... Um, what it means to us and how we're to embrace it and how we're to spend time in the Bible and how important it is to be naturally supernatural. Um, I, I'm reminded of the, the young child that was in Sunday school who was asked by the Sunday school teacher uh, if, if, to, to list the Ten Commandments in any order. And the child replied, six, three, five, four, eight, seven, ten, one, nine, and two. I thought that was really funny. Sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, we, we need to know the Bible a little better than that, but that's pretty good, isn't it? On the spot, I liked it. All right. Mark Twain said this, Most people are bothered by those passages of Scripture they do not understand. But the passages that bother me most are those, are those I do understand. Pretty good stuff. All right, so our Scripture reading for today is John chapter 17, verses 14 through 17. And it says this out of the New International Version. I have given them your word... And the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And blessed be the word of the Lord. See, Jesus prays, and he's in the middle of this prayer all throughout John 17. We talked about some of that last week and the importance of prayer, but he prays for us, for his disciples, um, that not that they would be taken out of the world, but that they would be protected from the evil one in the world because we have a mission in the world. 
And though we live in this world, we're, we're not supposed to um, move in it the way the culture does. Paul tells us this in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, and the way that we do that is we cannot get our perspective for living from the world, from the culture, but we, we get it from the living God. And, and the way that that happens is we go through a transformation in our minds that takes place and is made possible um, through the Word of God. And as we're yielding to the Holy Spirit in our lives on a daily basis, we talk about as we're praying, we also need to incorporate into our lives the Word of God, the Bible. It's it's We'll never be naturally supernatural without making time and including the Bible in our lives. And yet we, again, um, you know, most of us in this country have Bibles. Most of us have, many of us have way more than one. I know I do. I have computers full of them and rooms full of them, you know, and they're everywhere. Um, but we, it's, it, the Bible is just something that's on your shelf if you don't read it. And we need to be a people who read the Word. And, and who know the Word, and who study the Word, and who meditate on the Word. And, uh, you know, I know we're, we're not all going to be theologians, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about having some kind of daily life that includes the Bible. And, it, again, it doesn't have to be huge quantities of time. I think some people think, oh, I can't. Uh, just like, you know, there's, there's time for prayer. Uh, we go, oh, there's no time for prayer because of worry. And I said, look, if we just convert a little bit of that worry time to prayer, well, you're going to free up some more time. You're also going to free up some time for the word, too, in the process. So uh, it all works out really well, all right? Because now, now that you're praying, you're not worrying as much, and you've got a little extra time. And, and so I want to encourage you, and we'll do that today, I hope. So first point that I want to talk about today is that we, we need to stop thinking the way the world does. We need to stop thinking the way the world does. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We talked about that, and He's working in us, and we're yielding to Him. We have the amazing gift of prayer, and we're to be connecting with God. And, and in the process now, we need to transform, have our minds transformed by Him um, in, in a new way of thinking. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, um, as we begin to uh, understand that His word is truth, and, and Jesus said, you know, we prayed, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. That means to kind of set us apart by your truth, that we, we stop thinking the way that that the, the world does, that we, we quit thinking the way the culture does. And I told you last week, the culture is consumed with fear and worry. And they've, um, we've been trained over time to think in a certain way. And, and it, it impacts everything that we do if we don't start becoming aware of it. And you've been subtly trained over the course of your life by watching television. And although I'm not picking on that stuff, there's, there, but it... We're impacted by it. We're bombarded with it. And it's, it's colored the way that we look at everything. It's changed the way we perceive things. And we have to be aware of that because that's not how we're to perceive things. We're, we, uh, um, our reality comes out of the Word of God. The, that's where reality is. And what's spun at you as the truth isn't. What's tossed at you all the time from all these other resources is just not. It's a, it's a spin. It's a, it's a twist on what's, what's real. 
And it's, it's done to keep you um, fearful and, and ultimately keep you buying things you don't need um, to keep you thinking that there's this other, uh, there's something out there that you can achieve in your own strength. And you can't. It can't happen that way. Life is never found there. Life is found in Him. And it's, it's, it's so much better in Him. It's, it's simple. It's, it's, it's less stressful. It's, it, it's freeing. It's like, okay, I don't need to fight all the time and strive all the time. Um, for everything the way everybody else does. I can thrive in him when I begin to realize what's really important. And so, so rather than be consumed by the fear that's being spewed by a culture, we, we focus on the thoughts. We focus our thoughts on the kingdom of God and, and the things of the Lord. Um, and, and not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but being changed by the renewing of our minds. Because God has a different way of looking at things. He does. His perspective is different. I like to call it the, the, that we need to learn the perspective from the throne room of God. That's how we need to try and learn to see. And we've talked about seeing like Jesus saw. We need to see from the throne room what's happening. And it's a totally different perspective than our own. See, that's the second point, is we need to start thinking God's way. We need to start thinking God's way. And our mind is renewed by the word of God which is also called the sword of the Spirit. We've talked about that. Hebrews 4.12 says this, The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. See, the, the, the Word of God, do you see that? It's living and active. So as you, as a believer, open your Bible and you begin to read your Bible... And, and you know the Holy Spirit is in you and He's leading you into truth. We've talked about that. And you're, and you're connecting with God. That the Bible ought to challenge you all the time. It, it ought to be something that when you read, all, you know, you, it, it, it's challenging you about how you live and about what you're thinking about and, and about the things that are consuming you that aren't right. It's a, it's a challenge because it's alive and active. And it cuts away even on us because we don't have it all figured out. I don't know anybody who has it all figured out. I don't. And if you think you've got it all figured out, Let's meet later. Because <laughs> uh, we don't. We have parts of it figured out. But you know, I, God is constantly challenging me in the Word and, and the Spirit of God is showing me things that, that are in there that I haven't really thought about and, and I realize I've got some, uh, still some old tapes that run in my mind that, that existed you know, before I knew Jesus and, and I, you know, throughout my life I've realized that things have come up. Things that were put in there back when I was a little kid by by people who said things to me or that had authority in my life and they spoke things and you know the stuff gets in there and and you had to challenge it by the word uh, you know it, it's 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 a constant thing we're growing all the time in in the Lord second Timothy 3 16 and 17 this is out of the message paraphrase it says every part of scripture is God breathed and useful one way or another showing us truth exposing our rebellion correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. See, as we, as we continue to, to, to study and to learn and to, and to read, it, it helps us to grow. Uh, in, in, as well as yielding to the Spirit and doing the next right thing, the word, that, that we know the truth. And we've talked about you know, our ability to go when we've messed up, we know we messed up, to go back to God and ask for forgiveness and to confess our sin. And that, that idea of confession is really just agreeing with Him about what's true. And, and this is what's true. 
The culture doesn't agree. And any time, I'll tell you this, any time the culture disagrees with the Word of God, trust the Word of God. So it's, it's always right. Okay? Lots of things change around us all the time. Ideas change, people's thoughts change, but the Word of God is unchanging. Third point. Um, so, so in order to do this, we need to spend time in His Word. We need to spend time in the Word of God. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Okay, so as we begin to spend time in his word, see, it begins to sink into us. And it challenges us, and it changes us, and the Spirit illuminates it to us. Um, but we have to take it in. See, we can do a lot of things. Now, you come into church is a good thing. Listening to sermons is a good thing. Going to Bible studies is a good thing. Uh, listening to Christian music, those are all good things. But, but you also have to incorporate reading the Word of God for yourself. You, you have to do it. You have to make time for it. You have to take it in. You have to drink it in. Um, if you, when I first got saved, I was really busy. I worked two or three jobs, and I was always busy. But I had a drive every day. And so the first time I worked through the Bible was listening to it on tape. And that counted. I got a lot of it. I've, I've read it many, many times since. But it was, it was something I did to fill up the time. It was way better than, uh, than anything else that was available to me to listen to. And I had a half-hour drive both ways. Boop. I, now they don't even have cassette tapes anymore, but that's how I had it back then. You can get it now on your iPod, uh, iPhone, the Bible, and you can just listen to it anytime you want. But I would do that. I mean, there, there needs to be, you need to take it in. You need to drink it. If you've never read the Bible, start with the New Testament. Work, work through the New Testament. You can actually read through the New Testament a couple of days. Do it in a week, easy. Um, but that's, that's some serious reading. If, if you haven't, you know... Um, but you don't have to go like that either. See, that's, that's one way to do it. Start with a chapter a day. How about that? Chapter of, of Scripture will take you a minute, maybe two. Um, there's, there's lots of different ways to do it, but you have to, you have to decide that it's something you want to do. I try and read the proverb every day. The, you know, the, we, and you've heard me say this for years, and I, I've done it for years. I miss a day every now and again, but most of the time I get it. Um, there's, there's 31 proverbs. There's 31 days in the month usually. Um, and so whatever the day of the month is, I read the proverb for that day. And I, so if it's, you know, today's the 8th, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, if you're watching on TV, it's actually whatever day it is you're watching. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I read that proverb. Uh, it's something that I do. And then I think about it during the day, and I pray about it. And I, I try and pick one part of it that, that speaks to me. And I'm amazed how often something jumps out of the proverb. But, you know, if, if you haven't read it, start, start a chapter today. Um, people do those reading plans throughout the year. That's great if you can do it. The problem I usually find with that is if you miss a couple days, then you, you feel like you're done and you just give up. So that might not work for you, but, you know, pick it up where you can. You'll get to it, but you, you need to read it. And, and you need to spend some time every day. Again, I'm not talking about quantum hours. Usually I'm talking about a few minutes. I, I, you know, I, I want to encourage you to make it a, a part of the habit of your life. You know, we, we try and make this 
um, as, as practical as we can, you know, in this life. And, and so, you know, a time for prayer should be, you know, uh, kicked into you every time, in, you know, that you start instead of worrying. And um, we talk about living by doing the next right thing. That's yielding to the Spirit, knowing He's there. And now it's, it's just trying to incorporate a little daily Bible reading into your life. And it, it will change your life. Just a few minutes every day. Last point, number four. Um, we also need to be thankful. And this is a huge part of this process, and, and particularly in uh, the Word of God, I think it's very important to be thankful people. Philippians 4, 6 through 8, we touched on this last week about prayer. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, we talked about that, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It, it, to me, it speaks about dwelling and thinking on the things of God and the things in the Word of God. And that, that we need to cultivate that in our lives. And it's what we need to be thinking about. I, I talk about meditating on the Scripture. It means to me that I find that passage of Scripture today and I, throughout the day I'll think about it. I'll just think about it. What it, what it means. What, what I think it means. What was happening. What it, what's it all about. You know? And I'll dwell on it to, to try and know it better. So it, it helps to shape and change me for the things that God has for me. And so, so you know, those verses kind of fit with everything we've talked about uh, today. We're not to be conformed to the pattern of this world but we're to be changed by the renewing of our minds, by right thinking, um, by keeping our thoughts focused on God, um, about His will and His way, not ours. By, uh, this is important, but why thankful is so important. We need to look at what we have instead of being fixated on what we don't have. See, that's part of the fear and worry the culture brings into the picture, is that that thinking causes you, that, that whole uh, perspective causes you to be thinking about all the time about what you don't have. And it puts us into this place of when and then thinking, which is not good for us as believers. Um, when and then thinking says this, um, when, when this happens, then I'm going to be happy. When this happens, then I'll be happy. And we've all got those things. We need, whatever that blank is, the blank, when, when blank happens, then I'll be happy. That's becoming an idol in your life and it's, getting you, it's, it's messing up your world. Because it won't work. It doesn't, you, you've already figured it out because you had those things in your life before and you've gotten those things and you didn't, didn't make it any better. If you got, then now there's something else because that's not where life is found. And so we have to get out of that kind of thinking and because uh, that thinking is, is hurting us. It's, it keeps us very self-focused and that's not where we find life. And so the question is, you know, ultimately what really matters in life? And, and it's that life is found in his ways. It's not found in the ways of the world. Life is found in living the naturally supernatural lives that he's called us to and that he's made possible for us to live. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, again, um, remember to be thankful, to encourage others. Keep trying to do the next right thing because that's where we're, we're learning to yield to the Spirit of God. Um, whenever you feel that prayer worry come on you, pray, connect, simple, simply just get in touch with God and take a few minutes every day to, to read the Word of God. Just let it soak into you and keep doing it. Make it, make it a part of your life. Make it, because this is where life is. See, if, if, you're, if we're too busy for this, we're, we're, we're not, something's not right. See, this is where life is found. I'm not, you know, five, ten minutes. It covers most of it. Um, it gets you started. And then it builds from there. 
But, but you know, you got to start somewhere. So, so pick it up and read it and know that it's a great resource that we have. And it's a, viable, you know, it's a valid and, and very important resource in order for us to be the naturally supernatural people that God has called us to be. So that's that. We've talked about the three resources. I'm going to talk about two more encounters over the next couple of weeks that Jesus had. Next week we're going to talk about Jesus' encounter with the cross because that's one that we've got to know. And then I want to talk about, uh, in the last encounter, how Jesus reinstates Peter after he, he denies him three times. Because, see, it's, it's good to know that even when we mess up, Jesus loves us and can use us. And we've got to know that because everybody in the room has messed up repeatedly and will continue to mess up. And you've got to know that he can use you. And then, and then that last message, I'm going to talk about making this practical and taking it out into the world. So that's what's coming up in the day's ahead. We're going to stop there. If you're watching by video or on television, thanks for watching. If there's anything we can do for you, call us, write us, email us. We'd be happy to pray for you and uh, spend time with you. But we're going to close here today in prayer.